200 years ago, in 1818, in a tiny town in Austria, Joseph Moore asked Franz Gruber to write a tune for the little poem he had in hand, a Christmas song. It was Christmas Eve. So could he make it simple, he said, to be playable on guitar? One legend says that the organ in the town church had been put out of commission by the flooding of the nearby river. And another legend, which I really like, says that the organ's innards had been nibbled away by mice. <laughs> well, Gruber did write a melody for it that very day. One legend said that he only had a few hours and still pulled it off. You can tell there are a lot of legends around <clears throat> the writing of this song. What is known for sure is that the result was Stille Nacht, written in German there in Austria, and of course translated into our language as Silent Night. It's been translated into 140, 150 song, uh, languages, and the UN has declared it a cultural heritage of all humankind. This carol has also come to symbolize peace. It's used again and again to convey the, the promise of peace of this season and the Christian religion. For example, there was the Christmas truce, also often referred to as a legend, but it really happened one night in the trenches of World War I when the fighting on both sides had ceased for the evening and the soldiers on either side reached out to one another and began to talk and sing carols and share food and drink and even play a game of soccer. Now, when he wrote his song about it, Christmas in the Trenches, John McCutcheon decided that maybe they sang Silent Night. I don't know if he knows that, but it's likely that they did because it was already known 100 years after its writing in all the languages spoken there, German and French and English. And then when an opera was written more recently uh, about that very evening there in the trenches, it was called Silent Night. About 50 years ago, Simon and Garfunkel, writing in the middle of the Vietnam War, wrote a song that juxtaposed Silent Night with a version of the seven o'clock news that gave updates of the war and other disasters. That line, sleep in heavenly peace, it's kind of a play on words. I mean, of course, it's about a baby. It's just an ordinary song about an ordinary baby in one way, and you're wishing a baby a peaceful sleep. But this particular baby came from heaven. He's God's child, conceived of the Holy Spirit. So it's heavenly peace. But maybe, I, maybe that line is also there because we human beings can't really envision any other kind of peace. This world of ours is not a peaceful place. Maybe that was particularly on Moore's mind because he wrote the words first in 1816 when the Napoleonic Wars had just torn his homeland of Austria. But really it's hard to think of any time in the history of the world where people wouldn't be noticing the extreme contrast between the warring landscape of our human lives and the longings for peace in this song. Certainly not in the recent history and not the history of our country, which has been at war almost every year since its founding. It seems we can hardly imagine an earth that is at peace. 
peace between nations and between tribes and peace in our cities and peace within each family and peace in the human heart. We know how elusive that is, even in our own hearts, to feel at peace for a whole day without ever acting on our anger, if not raising a fist, raising our voices. I think maybe when we dreamed of a world like this one, with the people that we know and love, but better, all at peace, without any violence, without war, without harshness, cruelty or poverty. We dreamed of that world and we called it heaven. We said, couldn't we have a world just like this one, but completely peaceful? That would be heaven. Now I think most of us here think that if we want anything like that peace here on earth, we're going to have to make it ourselves. But the message of Christmas is that God sent us someone from heaven, that peaceful world, to teach us how. As in the words of Matthew, which I read earlier, to save us from our sins, not by dying. Although, of course, we hear about Jesus' death later in the story. Not by dying, but by showing us how to live. Here's what I think God is. I think of God as the spirit within us, the force all around us and sometimes flowing through us, sometimes strongly, sometimes just a trickle, that makes us love, that makes us recognize something worthy of our care and, and love in one another, helps us to see others as vulnerable, tender and mild, as the song says. That when we're in a moment of conflict, of of anger, of decision, helps us to choose peace, to choose the peaceful way. That is God moving within us, between us, and all around us. It's the true light of the ages. It's always here, even though we're not always allowing it to flow through us as fully as it might, but it never goes out. And it's symbolized by our first candle, and then also it's the inner light that will be symbolized by the candles we all hold at the end of today's service. So if such a God, a God that is this force that makes us love instead of hate and choose peace when we could choose violence or hurt, if such a God radiates godliness, radiates messages of peace and love, and I think it does, I know it does, I felt it in myself, I'll tell you one time we are very likely to find those messages, to feel those messages and let them move through us. And that is when we hold a baby. I mean, babies are messy and noisy and very disruptive in their way. But really, when you hold a baby, even if it's no relation of yours, it just brings out a kind of tenderness in ourselves. The baby's tenderness and mildness its need for us to be gentle, its complete dependence on us and vulnerability can call out that, that love, that willingness to be at peace in us. I think if, if the God that is this force could send a message, could send us beams of peace and love and courage and responsibility, 
that we could take into ourselves to make peace in our world, it might choose a baby to get the message across. And then, of course, some of these sages, like Jesus, the grown-up Jesus and the things he taught. So the question for us, if we are to be peacemakers here on earth, is can we hold each other the way that, that we hold a newborn baby with that tenderness, with that gentleness? Can we recognize not only in our friends and the people we love, but in people who frighten us, the people who might do violence to us? Can we recognize some vulnerability in them so that we can let that need for peace and love, that ability to make peace and bring love flow through us. If we could hold each other that way, at least sometimes in our hearts, in our minds, and maybe even in our actions and our words, then that would be how we would have Emmanuel, which means God with us, with us all year long, not just at Christmas. But Christmas helps us to practice it. We tell the story, this story of a peacemaker being sent to us in the form of this most vulnerable creature by helping us lift our voices in song. And then we have the way that we practice it starting right now. On Christmas Eve, as Dan said, it's the custom in this and many Unitarian Universalist congregations to light candles. And here, as in many of our sibling congregations, we pass the light. We pass the light one to another, symbolizing the way that we are that light for one another. And how on one of the longest nights of the year, we experience God's peace, which is love in the way that we are present together. That we can give that to one another if we will let it flow through us. Now after we sing Silent Night, we will continue to hold our candles and contemplate one another's holy faces. As Veronica plays Bach's Arioso in G, see if in that light you can see love's pure light beaming from one another radiantly. See if you can hear in the silence and the music the presence of peace as it sinks into your being. And then together made a little more peaceful ourselves, bit by bit, word by word, act of caring by act of caring, we can bring more of that heavenly peace to this earth. Before we begin, a reminder, if your candle is lit, do not tip it. The person who is holding an unlit candle and lighting it from yours, they tip their candle. Please be extra careful of clothes and long hair. As I said, we have that fire extinguisher. We're determined not to have to use it. Florence Haas will sing two verses of Stille Nacht in its original language, and then we will all join in in English. <laughs> 